Hi, everyone. This is Life with Ankylosing Spondylitis. We have our first special guest here today, Caitlin, and we're going to be sharing her story. So, Caitlin, whenever you're ready, kind of just want to start with your diagnosis story and where things started for you. Yeah, thanks, Michaela, for having me um, on your podcast. It um, kind of started off with just, you know, I was an athlete my entire life. I played softball all throughout my life, starting really young, all the way through college, Division One softball. Um, so, you know, I was really used to, like, aches and pains in my body. So I had some tendinitis. I actually tore uh, my meniscus my senior year of college. So, you know, I was – my body was used to all types of pains. Um, I kind of had a bunch of lower back pain going into college, but – that was just something that, you know, I always said was normal and it was totally uh, doable. Like it, it was just the norm for me. Um, so actually th- about two years ago, I started getting really chronic sciatica and I was, you know, just trying to solve it. I thought I, and nothing of it. I just thought I'm just getting some really bad sciatica. I researched it a little bit. I kind of went through the works of, you know, I saw a bunch of chiropractors, I saw pain specialists, I saw any doctor that could help me physical, I did physical therapy on and off. And, you know, nobody was really able to give me that answer. So I actually had uh, a exploratory minimally invasive surgery because they I saw a neurologist and he said, you know what, it may be the gynae route. Or it could be the, like, maybe let's get some blood work route and see what your labs look like. And unfortunately, we went the wrong direction. But, you know, that was, we didn't know at the time. And that was the route we went. And uh, they thought it could have possibly been maybe endometriosis. So that was the route they were going at that uh, angle. So then right after that surgery, I said, well, no, my pain's still there. Got blood work drawn and saw a rheumatologist the following week, and I was a okay for <laughs> ankylosing spondylitis, unfortunately. And you know, naturally, when I first got my diagnosis, I was like, I couldn't even spell the word when she said it to me. I had never heard of it in my life, so I was like, uh, maybe we'll get a second opinion. And went to another doctor, and she said the same thing. You know, like my labs, I was positive for the gene, um, the B twenty seven gene, and. Uh, she took an x-ray of my spine and it was lit up like a beautiful Christmas tree, she said. So it was pretty spot on that they knew what the answer was. So it was actually ironic and kind of interesting too. When I was the first doctor that diagnosed me, actually also herself had ankylosing spondylitis, which I thought at the time was really neat. Um, just like, what are the odds, you know? So yeah, yeah I was... Yeah, so I'm pretty new into this diagnosis. I was diagnosed last June of 2022. So I'm, you know, going on this journey and just trying to figure it out. What I'm like learning is that, you know, everybody's different and everybody just has to figure out things that work for them. And I'm on my path to try and do that. How long were you misdiagnosed for? Um, So I was about year and a half to two years I was like I said yeah I saw I tried acupuncture went to chiropractors I got a a steroid injection in my back and it was very temporary so unfortunately everything that I was trying giving me any type of relief and no answers so we were searching but I I would like to think I'm lucky getting it in two years, figuring out my diagnosis, because I just hear that there's so many people who go on seven to 10 years mis- misdiagnosed. And, you know, I just, I feel for those people. 
because oh, I, yeah, I know you and I both know like not knowing what's going on and your body's telling you something's wrong can be extremely frustrating. Oh yeah, definitely. Wow. So one of the things that stood out to me when you were talking about that was sciatica. I remember the first time I had back pain and I like Googled back pain. <laughs> I was like, what could this possibly be? And everything was like, oh, it has to be sciatica. Mm-hmm. And like, even the first doctor I saw was like, oh, it has to be sciatica. Like, I feel like, and I've seen that with other people that have been diagnosed with AS too in different support groups. Like everyone talks about how their initial diagnosis was sciatica. And I think that's so funny because it's like the first misdiagnosis. Yeah, I mean, naturally, like, I remember waking up one morning, and it just like, I was not in pain one day. And then unfortunately, one morning, I woke up at 4am, and the sciatica woke me up. And I remember I called my parents, because I was like, what the heck is this? I've never felt this before. And my dad naturally was like, Oh, I get that all the time. It's sciatica, like, naturally, that's where your head goes. Like, you wouldn't expect, Oh, no, you just woke up with an autoimmune disease. <laughs> you know so yeah that's definitely relatable what are some things that your family members or friends have told you to heal your back I I love this topic because I see so many jokes on the different support groups it's like drink more water do yoga (laughs) it's like all these hilarious things it's like yeah of course we've tried these things and like it may help for like a couple hours but I feel like there's no you know one cure for this oh yeah what are some things you've heard Oh, just like you said, you know, stay hydrated, you know, stay active, but not too active. Okay. Um, Okay. And then what are some of the biggest challenges you've had since you were diagnosed? Yeah, that's a really good one. So it's just, I would say it's been a good mind game for myself. You know, I wouldn't want to say I like this has played a toll on me physically and mentally to be totally transparent. Like it's hard when you're by, I went from being a, such an active person, lifting weights every day, division one athlete, softball player, my entire life to now waking up one day and my body's rejecting what I'm trying to do, unfortunately. And my body's telling me that I I can't do what I used to do. So mentally, it can get really frustrating. It could get really dark, but family has done a really good job of trying to keep me in a positive mindset. My boyfriend is really good at that too, of keeping me really positive because unfortunately, if you don't, what I keep hearing and what I keep telling myself is that if your mindset isn't correct, like nothing else is going to fall in place like with it. So that's one thing I'm really like, I've come to a mental switch since my diagnosis where I've now come to terms that unfortunately for us, our health comes first and we have to make that switch that I'm such a people pleaser and I've always wanted to put other people first. And that's something that I've had to come to terms with that now, like saying no to people is something that was like really difficult to me. Like I, like I said, I have FOMO, I'm a people pleaser. So sometimes I'm going to have bad days and even with my friends, you know, my health has to come first. And if I'm not feeling good, yeah, I go to other people, but taking care of myself is what's going to help me at the end of the day and the next day leading into the next week. So yeah, I can totally relate with that. Um, just recently, I had to say no to one of my sisters on a really, really big favor that I wasn't able to help her with. And I 
know how incredibly challenging that can be, especially when it comes to family and also with friends. Uh, yeah. you, you spoke about mental challenges that you have gone through, and I, I kind of want to talk about that for a minute because mm-hmm. that's something that I have really struggled with in the last year since my AS has been getting so much worse because um, I don't know, I feel like every flare-up I go through, I go through like this wave of depression and like, am I ever going to get better? I had a flare-up that lasted two whole weeks. I was so mentally worn out and exhausted. You know, I was just asking, like, when is this going to end? And, you know, I think mental challenges is definitely one of the biggest components of AS, one of the biggest challenges. Yeah, I know. I definitely agree. You know, I myself went through I this past week just, you know, I think it has a lot to do with the weather. Unfortunately, it's been really gloomy here where I'm at. So, and rainy and my body has not been reacting. I've definitely gone through, I like to call it a minor flare because I wasn't immobile, but I was just not myself. And it, this lasted throughout the whole week. And I, I'm in the same boat as you. It, it's really depressing. Like I said prior, when you're just feeling like crap and you don't feel good and you're trying to do your day-to-day tasks and your body's kind of telling you no the whole time. And even though you just got a full night's sleep last night, you feel like you only slept two hours. So it's really, really difficult with AS to, you know, keep it positive and keep a positive mindset. But, you know, I try and start off my mornings. I don't do it every morning, but I'm going to tell myself now I'm going to do it every morning (laughs) to, you know, wake up every morning do a little stretch before I get out of my bed to, you know, get my body moving slowly, help out the morning stiffness and kind of just say a little mindful thing to myself that makes me feel good and gets me going for the day. Because yeah, like you said, it, it, we just have to figure out our little tricks that work for ourselves. Something that makes you feel good. I know going to yoga, I've gotten into yoga and that's done a ton for my mental health. Just, you know, like centering myself and remembering like, this is really awful what we have, but you know, at the end of the day, I can walk, I can still go to my yoga classes. I can still go to Pilates and go to work. Other people, unfortunately are a lot, not to put aside our pain or anything. A lot of people with AS can't even walk anymore. So that's why I, what I try and tell myself that I'm really fortunate. Yeah, I agree. Um, really? So moving on to another topic that's related, yeah. I wanted to talk more about your, um, you told me before that you are becoming a Pilates instructor and I just kind of wanted to go over your work experiences since you've been how that's affected your work life the different jobs you've done yeah absolutely so I prior to getting my diagnosis I actually worked for a company a medical device company so I was in the OR supporting surgeries and I was on my feet all day working also in sterile processing Um, So I was nonstop on my feet running around the hospital, um, a really stressful environment. Um, So, and that was a job that I worked really hard to get into. That was a company that I had pushed myself to get all my experience to get into that company. So unfortunately, when I did get my diagnosis, I was uh, about a year into my job and I was kind of feeling the toll that the stress of the environment was taking on me, unfortunately, and the physicalness of the job was taking on me. So, you know, um, at this time I was 
just like trying to figure out what's going to be the best fit for me. And I kind of came to terms at the end of it saying, you know what, this environment and this physicality of the job is not going to work with what I know about myself. And it was upsetting at the time. Like I said, I worked really hard to get that job, but I also had to come to terms that I wanted to feel good every day. And unfortunately doing that wasn't making me feel good. So now I'm working more of a desk job. Um, I'm doing that while I'm getting my certification um, to be a Pilates instructor, because once I got my diagnosis of AS, I was told yoga is great, Pilates is great, and you have to keep your body moving. So I experimented with Pilates and that was just a perfect fit for my body type and what I was needing. It's a really awesome um, type of workout that anybody really can do. And it's really neat because as I'm going through this training program, I'm reading about other types of disabilities that Pilates works really well with. I'm reading about our disability that Pilates works really well with. So it's really cool going through this process. But like I said, it's, it's a really good type of workout where like young kids can do it and old people can do it. Like any type of bodies can do it because you know what, someday great going into Pilates and I um, can make it really intense for myself and other days I'm not feeling great but I know I have to go into the the gym to move my body otherwise I'm going to feel a lot worse so I make it really low and steady for myself don't make it really intense so it's one of those things that you can make hard or easy depending on how you're feeling that day so that's something I really like about it and I think it's if you're wanting to experiment, if you're like an AS patient, I think Pilates is really an amazing thing to get your body slowly moving and see if that works for you. Yeah, that's great. I Ever since I've been talking to you, I've been wanting to get into Pilates and kind of learn how to do things. I've been looking at some online programs, so I don't have to leave my house. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Um, because you can yeah. seriously do it at home. Like I, I personally am going into a place and that's where I'm working on a reformer. But like for people who don't want to go and do that, you can do it at home. All you have to have is a mat or you don't even have to have a mat. You can do it on your floor. So you can do really easy workouts. You can do it if you're, like I said before, if you're not feeling good enough to go to the gym that day and you want to do something really easy, you can roll out your Pilates mat and do it in the comfort of your home. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that's the best part about it. <laughs> so would you say that since your AS diagnosis, your, let's say, dream job has kind of changed or shifted? Yes, most definitely. Okay, yeah, same here. I actually have a very similar experience to you. When I was first diagnosed, I was also working in the medical field. Um, I was a surgery scheduler, and I would oftentimes be down in the OR. Um, it was all in orthopedics. And yeah, I wanted to go to school to be a physician's assistant, PA. I wanted to assist in surgeries. That was kind of my dream job. And then a couple of years after my diagnosis, I was just in so much pain every day at work. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. And I ended up going into education where I could be a little bit more mobile, move around some more. So interesting how um, AI shifted both of our dream jobs per se. Yeah, yeah, it really is. But I think, you know, we just have to take it as it's what was meant to be, you know, I the whole time that even, like I said, that was something that I really wanted to 
go towards getting into that company and working for that company. And that was my goal. But even to this day, like I didn't a hundred percent like know what I wanted to do. So I think it's really interesting that my path has even changed because now like going through this experience and coming face to face with Pilates, like I couldn't, I would probably never have even considered doing Pilates if I hadn't gotten diagnosed. But now that I've um, diagnosed, gone through this experience, and I, now I'm getting my certification. And I mean, I'm excited. And this is what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. And I didn't have that before my diagnosis. So I guess you could say that's the positive out of it. Oh, that's amazing. I'm still kind of searching for that. Hopefully, I'll get yeah, there. you will get there. <laughs> I promise we will all get there. I hope so. Uh, okay, so kind of shifting gears. One of the first things I talked about in my first episode that a lot of people kind of resonated with is the trouble with biologics or going through different injections. I wanted to know, have you been on biologics? Um, If so, how many different ones have you been on? What has worked for you? What has not? Yeah, so once I got my diagnosis, I started right away and I tried Humira. Um, It worked in the beginning. And then it kind of just, I started getting a little irritations I noticed with the injection and I wasn't like close to really 70% pain-free. I still wasn't doing very well after a certain amount of time. So my doctor just said, you know, that's not obviously working. Then I switched over to Embril. That was awful. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, it was just really painful for me when I would do the injection itself. It was awful to say the least. And I didn't really notice any type of uh, effect from the medicine at all. So, and I did get really bad bruisings. I actually woke up one morning and it looked like I got jumped the night before. So um, yeah, that didn't really work out. And I'm currently trying Rinvogue. I've been on that since, what is it today? So I've probably been on that like about two months now, a little bit over. And unfortunately that's not really working either. I felt I would definitely say with Rinvogue, I felt that it worked the first couple weeks and then I think it plateaued and now I'm not feeling any type of effect. So unfortunately, my next doctor's appointment, I'm going to be going in there with the intent of seeing what's next for me. So I unfortunately have not found anything that's worked for me, but I am still determined to find something. Yeah, that's crazy. I kind of had a very similar experience. Um, Starting off with Humira, I had the exact same experience that you did. It worked for the first couple months and then kind of just didn't seem to work anymore. And then I started having skin irritation. And then my doctor wanted to put me on Enbrel, but my insurance wouldn't approve it. So I had to go through, (laughs) I think, four different. I went through Cosentix and three others just to get on the Enbrel. So it was this huge like year and a half process just to start Enbrel. Wow. And I've been on Enbrel ever since. So, and I feel like it doesn't do that much for me. So I'm really yeah. it's crazy that you have the same experience. I just, we worked so hard to get me on this drug. I've now been on it for over a year. So I'm like kind yeah. of stuck on Enbrel. I'm like, I don't know where to go next. I wanted yeah. to go with Rainbow, but I've heard such mixed things about it. I really have too. And I think unfortunately, that's just like such a new like that drug has been out for a while, but it's so new. It's like hitting the AS world. I know that they were using it prior for like others like psoriasis and RA and stuff. But yeah, I mean, 
I, the thing that was tough for me when I first got diagnosed and jumped right into biologics is I was kind of doomed mentally, I would say, unfortunately, because when I started, I was unfortunately starting with the mindset, mindset that these medicines are going to fix and cure my AS and not cure. I don't want to say cure, take away the pain completely. I think we just have to unfortunately come to the mindset that it's not going to take away our pain, but it is going to help us. Like it's supposed to help us when we find the right one. That's just what I'm telling myself because I think what I've heard in other podcasts and what I've read about is sometimes people go into this, like we can't go into it, unfortunately thinking that like, it's going to make us pain free. Like it's supposed to help us. And what I'm taking is that like, you find a medication that works, you find your diet that works, you find your supplements that help you and you kind of merge those, all these things together that make you feel good. And that's just what's going to work for you. And hopefully you're the least amount of pain at the end of that process, you know, and that's what's going to be our remission state. Yeah. Wow. Injections are so difficult. (laughs) They are. It was really hard for me. Yeah, I had a very similar mindset. Like once I found the injection, it was supposed to be like this, you know, pain-free life. Um, (laughs) And unfortunately, that I don't think is the reality of it. And that's really hard to deal with, knowing that you're always going to be in some amount of pain, even with the perfect injection for your body. Um, Yeah, you know, not going to necessarily be perfect and make everything better. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. It's really hard to know that, like you said, that we can find all these things that work, but unfortunately we may just still not be pain-free at the end of the day. But that's where I think that mindset just like really kicks in. And unfortunately we have to really go to work on our mental, our mental health and just make sure we're in great mental health because, you know, naturally when you're in pain, you're not jumping for joy and in the best mood so you're automatically going to be a little bit down but we just have to you know do our best to be as positive as we can unfortunately right yeah I'm moving on to a related topic Um, you and I talked a little bit over text message about pregnancy and I think you and I are both kind of in the same place (laughs) as this like it's within reach in the next couple years But, um, you know, we've been hearing all these things from different support groups, maybe, and our doctors. I know I've talked to my doctor about getting pregnant within the next year or two, and kind of the fears that she has and kind of instilled in me. So I just want to talk to you about um, kind of what, have you talked to your rheumatologist about pregnancy? Has she kind of given you a response or kind of a forecast as to what that would look like? So we haven't dove too deep into it just because you know, we've kind of spoke on it a little bit with the intent of, you know, in the future, that's what my, you know, fiance will be hoping for. Um, I've talked to my gynecologist a little bit about it. He, I think, has a little bit of knowledge on AS. And what he had told me is that what he's been told is that some women, their body kind of takes over and they're fairly pain-free But, you know, like we were talking prior to this podcast, there's not too much, unfortunately, information when it comes to women um, with this disease. It's unfortunately mainly males in the past. So, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a tough one because we just, 
you know, at the end of the day, have to make that decision and we're running the risk. I think, did you say you were also for this? Yeah, I am. Yeah, so I am as well. So we, of course, run that risk. If we do have children, you know, our children have that 50-50 chance of unfortunately could potentially have AS and also think about the delivery process and the carrying process of pregnancy, you know, may not be as comfortable when you're going into it with back. We can pray that uh, it goes well and we're have as little pain as possible, but you know, <laughs> we don't really know. Yeah, I think that's what terrifies me even more is the after the pregnancy part. Like I feel like, so my rheumatologist told me that getting pregnant, I'll have to have a high intensity OBGYN. And then I'm either going to feel amazing, I felt in years while I'm pregnant, or I'm going to feel absolutely miserable. She said it's like two very <laughs> opposite directions. And it's nice. <laughs> which way. So I was like, okay, that sounds great. I'm hoping for the best of my life experience. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> But so I would love to say that like, it's going to be the best time of my life. My back pain is going to, you know, diminish while I'm pregnant. It's going to be amazing and rainbows, but I'm even more worried about after the pregnancy, you know, Mm -hmm. when there's the baby and like, I'm already so exhausted and tired all the time. Like, I can't imagine even like caring for a baby during this. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. Yeah, it is scary because, you know, like I was saying prior, we get nice rest where we sleep for eight hours and we wake up and when we didn't go drinking last night and we feel like we only slept for two hours, unfortunately. Um, And I just think that that's when it comes to life where we have to really be dependent on our partner and we have to communicate really well with them, like our needs and our feelings and you know, they can't read our minds. We got to let them know, like, very straight up, this is what I'm needing for you right now. This is what I can do. This is what I'm not able to do, you know? Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, I think having a very supportive and, uh, you know, maybe even a partner that does more than you can is going to be yeah. really important for this. Um, okay, so moving on to the next topic, uh, I wanted to go over diet changes. What kind of things have you changed in your diet since you were diagnosed? Anything that has helped you that you've found? Yes, um, I've completely transformed my diet. So prior to getting my diagnosis, I wouldn't say I ate bad. I ate fairly clean, but anybody knows me who knows me knows I love to eat pasta. <laughs> I love my carbs. Um, So one thing I've completely swapped and now I'm on an anti-inflammatory diet. I've done a ton of research and the things that I've read is that an anti-inflammatory diet or the um, Mediterranean diet are like kind of the two that a lot of people tend to go towards with either AS or RA or any type of arthritis. So I am gluten-free. I don't eat gluten. You know, I do have my, my days where I like to have a little cheat or I'm lazy and it's an inconvenience to eat my meals and I'm out of town, whatever, I'll give that to myself. But unfortunately I a hundred percent feel it later. (laughs) So I don't really do that as often. So yeah, no gluten. I'm totally gluten-free now. Um, With the anti-inflammatory diet, a lot of people are non-dairy. Now I think this is like, like I said, like similar to working out totally based on your body. I don't really notice. So 
with dairy, but when I do do dairy, I'm doing non-fat dairy, like skim milk. If there's an oat milk, I'll try that. I unfortunately have a nut allergy. So all the wonderful nut alternatives, I'm not able to do, (laughs) which is really fun when you're on this anti-inflammatory diet. So, um, yeah. And then when it comes to oils, I think that's unfortunately something that we really have to pay attention to. What I've been researching um, is just when I cook at home, I cook with extra virgin olive oil and I cook with avocado oil and everything, unfortunately, 90% of things on this planet is made with vegetable oil, canola oil, um, sunflower oil, all these extremely cheap and uh, super inflammatory oils. Like anytime you go to a restaurant, all these meals are cooked in it because they buy these things in bulk and it's easy for them. And like, I get it, but unfortunately that really does make eating out for people like us with uh, this type of diagnosis, really difficult or eating anything that has a shelf life really. Um, green is good. You know, I eat really all my greens. I eat vegetables, as much fruit as possible. You know, like I was saying prior, if it can sit on a shelf for a really long time, unfortunately, I feel like that's something that we really want to stay away from. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great idea. I really thank you so much for all the diet changes you've made. That's probably one of my biggest struggles. The only diet change I've made is cutting out dairy, which I did more for acne and facial breakouts than I did for AS. So I'm not really sure if that necessarily helped with my AS. But other than that, I struggle to cut out it's hard. my diet. <laughs> it's really, no, I, it is really hard. That was... I'm not even anywhere near my end point for my AS journey, but I would say that was the biggest like jump that I took in the beginning of my journey. And the hard thing about it too, is you can't unfortunately take out everything at one time because then you're not going to know what worked. So I slowly did the swap from the gluten products to the gluten-free products. I noticed that sugar really amplifies Um, my pain, it really causes me to flare up. So I'm looking for low sugar stuff. So yeah, like I said, like, take it step by step, like slowly start incorporating more greens and more spinach and more vegetables into your diet, you know, like, we can't we have to take baby steps in this because to say like, I'm gonna work out every day, I'm never gonna eat anything that's bad for me again, I'm gonna do all this stuff like, we have to set ourselves up to win, not to fail. So, you know, take it slow. I'm no, I'm no doctor. I'm no person who knows all the answers. I'm figuring it out just like we all are. And I, and I myself am really new into this pro, uh, process for myself, but yeah, I would say I, everything I'm reading and everything I'm learning diet is huge. And I would definitely say I saw a huge shift in my pain Um once I did my diet change, you know, like when I was having my 10 out of 10 pain days, um, I was, it got so bad to the point where I'm, I'm really lucky that I have an amazing boyfriend, but he was, you know, carrying me to the bathroom some nights and my legs were collapsing at work. And I truly do think that if maybe I was eating time, this might not have been as chronic. Yeah, that's really interesting to think about. 
I think the number one thing I see with AS, the number one diet change is cutting out sugar. And yes. I think that's the hardest part for me because I love my desserts. <laughs> I love my yeah. cookies. <laughs> I'm such a big sugar eater. So I, I but I, I see what you're saying. Like maybe, you know, my flare ups, maybe they wouldn't be so bad if I didn't, you know, eat a whole piece of chocolate cake and some Ben and Jerry's, you know, the yeah. night before my flare up started. <laughs> So yeah, maybe there's a connection there. And I, I actually really do want to explore that and just see like for a week, even, you yeah. know, would I feel different without sugar and all these things? Yeah. And it's really crazy too, because I naturally when I it was really difficult, like my mind was really shut off. And I was like, I just can't eat anything. And naturally, that's how you feel. So like, you know, you're gonna go through that process too. And just, you know, stay open minded, remember that, the more that I'm going to the grocery stores and looking for this stuff too, it's really incredible. Like all these options that they really are making now, like, like, geez, I didn't know Oreo made gluten-free Oreos. And I found these, I'm not never going to eat an Oreo again. (laughs) Maybe I can't (laughs) pound them with all the sugar, but I can have a couple of them, you know, and at least it's gluten-free. So like small wins it's, I feel like this process is about small wins. Definitely. So in the same category as diet, um, we wanted to talk about workouts. What are some workout routines or different things you have found in exercising that has helped you with AS? Oh, yeah. Like I said, um, Pilates has been huge and yoga has been really huge. Um, I started Pilates probably nine months ago. And I have physically seen what it's done to my body in a positive route. Like I've lost actually, and I think it has a lot to do with the diet change too and working out. But like I was saying prior, like I think what I'm taking from what I'm learning is everyone's telling us we have to be active. We can't sit still, but you know, naturally at the same time, if we work out too much, our bodies flare up and we just freak out. We don't know what to do. Um, I just think we have to, try things out, try it out. You know, some people I look and some people who have AS are running through the mountains and I'm like, "Mm, no, maybe not for me. I'm not running through the mountains, but you know, I go every Saturday morning to my yoga class. I, you know, I've, I think yoga is awesome, honestly, for AS to get in that warm room. It makes your joints feel really good. You're getting it in a really positive mindset and you're doing like a nice long stretch but at the same time, maybe that doesn't feel good for another person who has AS. So I think, unfortunately, when it comes to working out, like I'm saying before, it's it's just dependent on your body. But we have to figure out some way to do it. Right. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I am. Is I'm, You know, I've tried all these different things. I've tried yoga and I've found that it is helpful for me personally for like up to a couple hours at a time but it's almost like I need to do like two or three yoga sessions in a day to feel good <laughs> but maybe I need to try that and see how it works um but yeah just kind of trying different things is where I'm at you know I've been doing a little bit of weightlifting I want to get into biking just trying different things to see like if I can just do this for 30 minutes to an hour a day like how different would I feel yeah and then have you been logging any of your symptoms, you know, especially, you know, after working out and these diet changes, do you log or write down the different things that feel better or haven't worked for you? 
Yeah, that's something that, you know, everybody's been telling me to do. And since I've started, I've tried, I try so hard to do this. And I unfortunately am not the best at it. I get really good. And then sometimes I tend to notice when I go through a flare up is when I start getting a little down on myself. And the last thing I want to look at is me vlogging that I feel like crap. So unfortunately, I personally am not the best at this, but it is something I'm working towards getting better at because I think it will be helpful on those days that you like sit down with a doctor and you sit and talk about, all right, what's going on during this this day? What did I, you know, work out that day? What was that day? Did I not go? Like, so I think it's, it's, it's definitely helpful for us. Um, it's, but it's something I'm personally working on and I need to do better at it. <laughs> yeah, I can totally relate to that. I remember when I was first diagnosed, my doctor was like, keep a log of like all the medications <laughs> and the symptoms you feel. And I was like, great, I can totally do that. And I did for, <laughs> I think a few days. <laughs> and yeah, it, just, yeah. it felt like I was rewriting the same thing every day exactly like a little asterisk of a little bit worse today mm-hmm. so I kind of got stuck and like I felt like it wasn't really helping me but I do kind of want to get back to it especially now that my symptoms have changed so much in the last year especially since August you know maybe that would have been yeah. really helpful to you know log all of those things so I looking back I do wish I did it yeah agreed I think I think those are just that's one of those like tedious things that unfortunately like I said it's not really that fun to write down I'm in pain but you know later on it's gonna be beneficial to us definitely so moving on to um, one of our last topics here is managing flare-ups I know you talked a little bit about you know in your diet and working out or doing pilates are there any other things that kind of help you when you're actually in a flare-up? Um, what kind of things do you do to relax and help yourself kind of dwindle down? Um, that's a really tough one. Still, I'm kind of, you know, like I said, as I'm going through this journey, I'm trying to do a trial and error process for myself to figure out what really does take away um, the most amount of pain for me. Um I've now started, you know, using a heating pad a lot. I know everybody I feel like who has RA or AS talk mm-hmm. about their beloved heating pad. So yeah, yeah, I have a nice one that's got a timer. So I'll crank that puppy up and I'll definitely fall asleep with that guy <laughs> on. And um, I've actually too started, I I shared you um, with you uh, prior to today that girl who has MS and is in the autoimmune world and she talks a lot about CBD products and you know um, THC products so I, that's definitely you know a route that I've gone through too because I unfortunately am not one who wants to experiment with the harder pain pills so that's something that is beneficial a lot for my pain um, on the hours that I'm available to use those <laughs> um, so yeah, I have a lot of massage guns and all that stuff, warm baths. I haven't found personally one main thing that's taken away my pain yet. Um, big picture. So unfortunately, I'm still searching for that answer too. But yeah, yeah I, I just feel are. like, <laughs> yeah, we just find little things that help take small amounts of the pain away. And that's just kind of what we're going to be using our whole life. 
Yeah, I would definitely agree with you on the heating pad. I think that is every AS patient's best friend. Um, yes. Even just for a couple minutes of relief when, you know, that thing heats up and yes. a few minutes just to kind of like relax your muscles and lay on it. I think that is the biggest difference for me, even just for a few minutes at a time. Yeah. And then our last thing here is that things that we've learned since our diagnosis, even if it's just one thing that you can think of, um, what would be the biggest one? Mm, that's a good one. Um, I would, you know, I would definitely say I'm very more open-minded now when it comes to just people in general, because like I said, before I got this diagnosis, I couldn't spell the word. I've never heard of the word. I didn't know that there was really any type of invisible illness community or chronic illness out there. Mm-hmm. I, I, all I've heard about was RA. So in, you know, like MS, the more common ones. So I would definitely say something I've learned is just have an open mind and be really patient with people and like really listening to people and what they're saying, because like, I've talked to my mom even about this and like, she works with some people and they say oh I have you know RA and people go yeah okay you have RA and now she's like I know what she means because she's around me and she sees it she sees the pain I'm in and it really is an invisible illness you can see them in a wheelchair you don't expect them to be in pain so I would just definitely say that you know have an open mind with people that's it this has really opened my mind you know, listen to people and what they're telling you when they say, ouch, my back hurts. Maybe they're not just having a little bit of a backache. They may, you know, be having chronic pain and we don't understand it because we don't know what we don't know. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that might be one of the biggest things I've learned too, is really just, you know, you never know who you're standing next to and Mm -hmm. what they've gone through. And it's not even just physical pain or invisible illness. There's also a lot of mental illness. Mm-hmm. I happened to run into one of my fiance's friends at Target the other day, and I hadn't seen her since she lost her son. And, you know, yeah. just like standing next to her and talking to her, I was like, I could feel like the pain that, you know, mm-hmm. that she was, I mean, I honestly couldn't imagine, but you can just kind of feel like how much pain she was in. And I think I just kind of connected that that day with like chronic illness too. And, you know, everyone is going through something whether it's mental or physical and just, you know, having that empathy for other people and just, you know, the little day thing respect of opening up the door, you know, saying hello when you pass by. I think that really can make a huge difference. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, you know, before I had this diagnosis, like I was saying prior, like if you didn't see somebody who was handicapped or if you didn't see or if you didn't hear someone saying like I'm in therapy I feel like when you speak about therapy prior to this like a long time ago when we were young people would be like you go to therapy and now it's like I go to therapy because this is what I do to make me feel good you know like everybody's in therapy this day and age like we all need therapy oh yeah you know like just open-mindedness and wouldn't have had this like mental flip switch so maybe this is the positive of our diagnosis you know like to be more open-minded and to see things you know I heard uh, an article or a video the other day where somebody was 
talking about a specific topic and prior to my diagnosis, I wouldn't have even thought twice about this topic that about being controversial and now I'm on the other side of that and it made me hear what she was saying a little bit differently there's a lot of things I feel that we don't know (laughs) yeah I totally agree with that okay and then just wrapping up here just to finish off any you've given us so many great tips on diet changes pilates so many things that you have found that helps you do you have any last minute tips or advice just for someone who thinks they might have AS or someone who was just recently diagnosed, anything you can share? Oh, just, just keep going and doing, do what makes you feel good and do what's going to help you like do what you need for yourself. I know I didn't say that that smoothly, but you know, like I said prior, we have to care about ourself and our health. And I feel until I was sick, I didn't understand how important taking care of our health is. Um, so just do what you need to do at the end of the day to make yourself feel good. And you're your most important person in your life. So do everything you can for you. I completely agree. That was amazing. Okay, Caitlin, well, thank you so much for talking with me on this podcast today. I really appreciate the time you took. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I was super, like I told you prior, I was super excited that you made this podcast. And when you were speaking about your experience, you know, I was like, wow, she opened up this platform for us to connect and for other people to hear us. Like I said, I'm no doctor, I'm just somebody with AS. So I thought that was so cool that you started this and I'm excited to hear who else you bring on here and other people so we can learn more about AS and live the best feeling lives that we can. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you everyone for listening. Bye now. Bye.